0: Yeah, I just wanna know where y'all was at when this joint dropped I wanna say 1992 I remember that summer vividly, man I tell a story on my album too And um, we gonna break it down like this It's like this and like that and like this and uh It's like that and like this and like that and uh It's like this and like that and like this and uh It's like that and like this and like that (laughs) <laughs> oh y'all yeah, I thought I was going to rap Nah man, it's one of the greatest albums of all time I think hip-hop is defined by this joint right here Like, um, just looking back at it Like I said, um, I probably play a clip of that joint for you But, um, I remember this album right here was like It made me feel like summertime never ended that summer Like, I feel like every day The days just got longer and Every day we discovered, like, a different song or a different type of beat, a different type of flow. And all the people that was involved in that album, like, where they are in hip-hop today, like, they stood the test of time. And I just feel like The Chronic is one of the most um, sought-after albums in hip-hop. And we need more albums like that. And it birthed so many dope albums after the fact. So, um, seeing these hip-hop battles over the last few weeks, um, I really... See how it's really hardly anybody that can stand the test of time as Dr. Dre has And, you know, we're going to always get the argument He's had help, he's had other producers come and help him But nobody has an ear like him in hip-hop And nobody probably will ever over the uh, time that hip-hop has evolved And will continue to grow And he's still out here doing everything that everybody else is doing And he just does it on his time And, um, you know Welcome to The Birth of the Kronic
1: Tonight's the night I gave in some shit. Yeah. Deep cover on the incognito tip. Killing motherfuckers if I have to, filling gaps too. Let your niggas know I'm coming at you. I guess that's part of the game. But I feel for the nigga who think he just gon' come and jinx thanks With the swiftness So get it right with the quickness And let me handle my business show. I'm on a mission and my mission won't stop Until I get the nigga maxin' at the top I hope you get his ass before drop Kickin' back while his workers lay his rocks Coming Yes
0: sir, welcome to episode 3 The birth of the chronic I'm your host J.P. Rowe We've been doing this for a minute y'all I appreciate everybody for listening as always And um This is one of those special episodes that I've been wanting to do for a long time. You know, we had guests on our first and second episodes, so shout out to them for coming through. But episode three, you know, we're going to keep this joint real short and concise. And I just want to reminisce a little bit and um, take some time to salute Dr. Dre for being one of the kind of ahead of the curve when it comes to hip hop and actually R&B as well. Uh, Dr. Dre definitely was a super influence on how I came up and a lot of my friends and people that spent around me for the majority of my life And um, I just want to say the Chronic album itself was something that was long in, in the making just forever Like for time growing and whoever thought that this guy from Compton would be able to evolve, to evolve into the person that he may be today or he is that we see him for we may not know him personally, but just look at all the things that he's done and people's lives that he's touched. And, you know, shout out to Dr. Dre. So today is um, April 19th and um, title actually presented the Chronics, uh anniversary or what have you um, to put it out there. Um, it's not on an even number right now because it came out in 1992. But I guess now that Death Row is owned by a different company now a toy company that they're able to expand and grow on it and it's kind of a salute for 420 as well Um, people gonna be smoking they're gonna be enjoying whatever vibes they on for this uh, quarantine so I thought that was an innovative way to like show him some respect and um, big him up so let's just shoot back for a minute so before the chronic existed there was um, deep cover and there was the time when Snoop we we'll come out to visit uh, Daz and, um, you know, all of the folks that Daz was cool with corrupt. You know what I'm saying? Dr. Dre. So, you know, Dr. Dre ain't in the NWA no more. We all know the story. Um, some of us don't. Some people may not. So I'm just going to start from the breaking point, basically leaving NWA and Ice Cube, Dr. Dre, Easy e everybody feuding against each other. And actually... Dr. Dre separating himself from Ruthless ruthless Records and then going to death row at Interscope. So in our minds as kids, we don't understand that even though you go to like a record label or you go to a new situation when it becomes, when it has something to do with the music industry, you're not necessarily going to the record label. Like the record label is just the face and what we see on the outside. But actually, Dr. Dre wasn't even... You know in the position that he is Now as a consultant For grooming talent and things like that I mean he he was a consultant But he wasn't getting paid for it He was doing it on his own And they weren't even getting paid for doing it on Ruthless So when he moved to Interscope You know Death Row is actually a subsidiary Of or a Integral part to Interscope At that time So Dr. Dre actually is Working for Jimmy Iovine But he actually works for Suge Knight Who's under Jimmy Iovine. Which means Dr. Dre is under Suge Knight. And then the tears of the other artists that came. Daz, Corrupt, Snoop. Snoop and all of those guys. And Lady of Rage and what have you. Um, And everybody made it work. So thinking back to 1992. This is also a time where you got artists like 2 Live Crew. You got Luke. You got Ice Cube venturing out. And he's part of another part of Interscope at that time, or it may have been Columbia, what what have you. And these record labels are looking for this talent and they're looking for that provocative sound and all these different things. And they actually struck gold by getting Dr. Dre because we knew that he could find the talent and he could make it work. And I always look at Dr. Dre as kind of like the, the, he was actually the mentor Or he actually was the kind of kind of like the raps elite by not being a rapper, like being a producer and a rapper who understood how to create songs. But he wasn't really known for his lyrics and things like that. And I think people always forget, like he still knows how to craft songs like he knows all of the things that you need to know. But I think later on down the line, I think Puff took plenty of lines out his books um, to be able to survive. And he was able to put out albums like I think. only thing when you compare the two as producers versus um being the artist I think that Dr. Dre definitely is the artist um that will always get more props because um he would actually come out on stage and he did it in uh, NWA he did it when he left Death Row he did it you know even when he was on Death Row with other artists like we've seen him Paired up with Tupac We saw him paired up with Snoop Like no matter who he worked with Even when he does it with Ice Cube Now that their feud is over Like he always knows how to play his part Even with him and Eminem It's like the evil doctor And the, and the cool doctor It's always like something That he learns how to You know he he just learns how to be a chameleon And work his way in And get his thing done So you know Just looking at that We see how far he's taken it you know, he groomed Eminem to be this super big artist and then Eminem brings 50 Cent in and then it goes from being death row to moving over to his own situation and aftermath. And then aftermath becomes this big, huge entity and it creates shady records, which also creates Gene Unit. Now you got all of these big artists. There's there's not been a time in the last 20 years that Dr. Dre hasn't co-signed somebody that to be a superstar. Same thing. Kendrick Lamar. This guy not only does he have like uh, crazy accolades, but uh, Nobel Peace Prize like this is crazy. Like as far as for, for rap, who who's done that, you know, so we got to give our credit when credit is due. And um, I think this is definitely what hip hop needed. Um, and also, I also think that it's good to know that. We got so many people that's tapping into the billionaire point as far as minorities. We got Jay-Z, we got Puff, we got Dr. Dre. like, and, and there's so many others and there are other nationalities that are minorities as well that live in other countries that we just don't always hear about. But if you check the Forbes list, you can also always check for them. This episode is also important because I felt like There's so many times that there's too many people that told us that we could only be good at one thing. And Dr. Dre is a very big example of not just being good at one thing. He could DJ. He could make beats. He knew how to find talent, scout like an A&R. He knew how to run his company. He knew which direction to point the artist in. He knew how to push the envelope and also how to embrace what kind of artist you are So if you're like a sinister um, You know crazy You know bleak minded Got all kind of ideas But you might stray a little to the left He's going to make sure that he finds his way To push your your envelope And get your point across as the type of artist That you are um, And I think like if we didn't have people That told Other people Hey, you know what? That's cool for you to just choose and do one thing. If you like your life to be boring, bland and sit around and not do anything and just basically exist. That's cool with me. I'm going to be over here and I don't care how long it takes me. So we may not ever get um, detox. Hey, he already gave us the chronic. He gave us the chronic 2001 um, doggy style. First dog pound album. I mean, need I say anything else? I mean, game albums, 50 Cent albums, classics, nothing but classics over and over again. So when you look at it, all of these naysayers, where do they end up? They end up being the actual spectators of the folks that, you know, put their f- best foot forward, try something different, took some losses. Dr. Dre and other artists had the sophomore jinx before like, Even Dr. Dre's first solo effort after he left Death Row wasn't even a success. But, you know, he figured it out. He moved on and he tried something different and he ended up striking gold. Now look at him. The Beats headphones are Apple product and now you can't walk down the street without seeing that logo anywhere. After about two or three weeks of doing these podcasts, um, every week I just continuously research different things and I'm trying to always inform my folks about our culture. And since Kanye don't want to embrace our culture, I feel like I'm going to embrace it because it's things that people need to know. So the reason that we've all kind of switched from having physical CDs is not only because physical CDs are harder to come by and to make. But it's also because most vehicles also don't really have CD players anymore. And it's actually easier to throw in the Sirius Radio and um, XM that format because it's easier to build in cars. And also it makes people have to subscribe to some type of service because I think eventually what's going to happen is. They won't be local radio stations. And if there are any local radio stations, there'll be a limited amount and it'll always be the powerhouses. So it will be like your WPGC 92Q. It'll be all those um, stations that have like the mother um, location or one station, but they have like other groups of stations or whatever that they all own. So I'm thinking more like that. But record labels right now in 2020 basically believe that music services should be paid like a cable bill or utility bill. And I thought that that was crazy. I saw Joe Button and um, Lupe interacting on um, YouTube. It wasn't, it might've came from Instagram, but it was actually them talking and uh, Joe Button felt that Lupe Fiasco had been salty about the way that the music industry had treated him over the years. And Lupe expressed himself directly what actually happened. And a few people that he named are um, very important In the music industry and they had a heavy effect on his albums actually popping or coming out and you know he had to actually have the fans protest for him to get a few of his projects out and when he was explaining to Joe Button basically I said let me go do some more research because I wanted to know how can I get the podcast into different realms and um, places and originally my first podcast we only had our podcast basically in the actual um application that we were posting it and recording it in and then we had it in apple we didn't even have a clue at that time three years ago that we could have the podcast on all of these different networks and have it working for us to draw more people in to listen and we thought even then i mean we was winning but we were winning um on a smaller level or smaller scale so i'm i'm saying all of that to say like today we got to look at it record labels podcasts all of these different platforms that we have to get our audio out get our message out and get our things out to our people that they are actually looking at that to be paid like a cable bill or utility and people sit here and say oh let me hop on your red youtube account or they say hey let me get your netflix password or let me get your hbo password man you gotta start thinking about this like these people That, you know, if y'all cool, hey, you get HBO, somebody get Netflix, somebody get Spotify, somebody get Apple Music. That's cool. But me being an artist, I got all of those services. And that's just me because I know that if I'm only subscribing, that means that the person is logging into my account. And then on top of that. The company is probably going to get hella money because they're getting multiple subscriptions. But it also lets me think that what happens if you don't get credit for streaming all off of the same um, network or on the same IP address. So you really got to sit there and think about how we as a people manipulate our own numbers and we make it worse for the actual artists. So think about that the next time that you stream an album like Think about it. Am I signed into my service or am I signed into somebody else's service? And maybe this artist isn't getting that 25 cents every time you listen to their song, because you are definitely not getting 25 cents on Spotify. You are probably getting more like a penny or half a cent when it comes to Spotify. I know the numbers because I check them joints at least two to three times a week. So even Spotify right now is the biggest and the largest service across the board. They have uh, podcasts, they got music, you know, all of these different things happening inside of their application. And Tidal has the same as well. And Apple has the same. But Spotify is the largest because of how diverse they are in all of the countries that Spotify is actually touching and the genres that they actually um, have. I mean, even though Apple and Tidal have other genres that they explore, um, Apple is just starting to catch up to the technology and the different types of feeds of information that Title's able to spit out. And then Title is still trying to catch up to Apple and Spotify as well. Now, Spotify had the opportunity to link with Netflix and Spotify's owner opted not to because I believe that direct content is going to start feeding into Spotify or Spotify will start giving out deals to give artists the platform to be able to use it. So it's very weird that um, we're just always moving towards not physically having something and then finding a smarter way to utilize it but we lose the actual physical interaction and the experience that we all had back in the day when we could just physically touch a CD or we could physically read the inside of the notes and all of that like that that actually used to spark my interest more because I felt like the artwork had to match the album and I felt like reading it, it made me feel a little bit closer to the artist and understanding why they chose this sample on the beat or they chose this producer. It all started to make sense. Now, all I got to do is go to Wikipedia, type in the artist's name, look at the chart listing, the track listing, and then figure out whatever happens and how many units they sold and all of that. Like, it's everything's researchable now. I'm not ever going to knock that. But at the same time, I look at that and that's probably how, you know, certain elements of hip hop are lost. Like, Everything's just moving so fast and it's hard to catch up if you don't want to respect the fact that, you know, things are changing and this is the future. Word on the street this week is that Takashi69 was released from prison and he's back on the streets. And um, there are a lot of different podcasts that I listen to. But if um, you guys are interested in watching some other podcasts and Interesting topics this week It would be good to go And check out Nori's Drink Champs um, Where they touch on uh, Math Hoffa And how he Actually had some Hip hop type of altercations With doing his battle rapping And he would get into it With other artists And this was like Hands on Like contact Being in, being around The actual artists And I find it A little different uh, For Takashi When you know It comes to him a lot of his um, altercations all happen because of trolling. And um, it's it's very different to see an artist talking about how he's fixed his scenarios and situations with other artists because it's all because of the art. Battle rapping, um, getting too personal about personal information between the two artists, going to the artist's neighborhood, and then the artist, you know, feeling like they got to hold their you know own and not being disrespected where they from. And so... I think like it's very different to view two different artists and how they came and, and maybe one is age and wisdom and the other one is the type of world that we live in right now that's guided socially by the media that we use for Facebook Instagram and Twitter and that's basically what culture has um you know changed to and um unfortunately they're The Takashi situation won't be the end It won't be the last But also we see it with other artists That are coming into the music industry And being able to put out your music Your videos and also any of your other products on your own There's also going to be a closer connection to people That you would never have had that connection with Prior to social media So I think everything that we dwell on Or we talk about here on Penthouse Talk it always has a hip-hop base, but it also will touch on a broader perspective. But this week, I felt like this was the week to kind of like take a load off, transition into something a little bit different. And um, we're going to bring back the second part of DJ Red's interview on the next episode, which will be episode four at Penthouse Talk. So um, I hope everybody enjoyed this episode. And like I said, I wasn't going to hold you too long. But I want to wish everybody a happy 420. Make sure if you are smoking, I'm not trying to be the CDC. I'm not trying to suggest anything. Just be careful. Make sure y'all wear your mask this week because it is mandatory in Maryland and you have to wear your mask or you will be fine. And from what I know or heard, I think it's five hundred dollars for any person that wears it that does not wear a mask. So make sure you wear your mask and also make. Um, just make sure you stay safe no matter what it is and uh, stay positive. And uh, I'm welcoming all of your feedback. So you can hit me at penthouse talk at gmail.com. Feel free to hit me up any more topics y'all would like to discuss or, you know, get some back and forth interaction. I'm all about it. I'm ready and willing to do so. And maybe we might be able to chat it up and do like a Google talk or something like that. So. Anytime anybody want to hit me up Feel free to use my contact information Hit me up on social media We out of here 420 baby Y'all get high Y'all smoke out Y'all do your thing Dr. Dre You inspired me so much That I had to make an episode about it And Hey Let's do it again Maybe you can drop that detox album
1: We gotta put integrity back in music man You know what I'm saying Check it out 'Cause rules to the shit Consult the OGs For you dudes make one move on the strip Before you move your lip Take the tool off your hip i show you how to do this shit i tell you what type of car to buy What type of shoes to get What type of shoes to cop You can rule the shit Manola Bologna Or Jimmy choose for your chick You gotta treat her right and she gon' mule your shit You know what type of damage Love could do If she feels she's getting Taken advantage of Ooh If you wanna understand, standing up like a down chick supposed to. Here I coach you. Young ain't fake like most dudes. Young move weight like Cool J's trainers, a no brainer. And don't be wearing no vest with no banger. That just makes you a target. Young used to run the block, now corner the market. 86, you bullshit. Ain't get smart, kid. She don't wanna do no small bed. Incarcerated with the hard heads, acting like you hard head. That's all day. Get yourself the hogshead, cheese we can all get. All SVP. Man, we used to play dolls head. Wet niggas with the faucet. Come through, get your car wet. Ran errands for the bosses. Till I became one. Now I got linen in the closet. I got the blueprint, you just gotta follow it. Rule number one, real niggas never gossip. Rule number two, on the black album, you gotta copy. <laughs> Just gonna bring it back to the game, man. Black album, S. Dot. It's the collection. First non-athlete with a shoe. It's history, babe. I know you love me. You just don't know how to tell me. It's all good, though. I love y'all too. It's your boy, Guru, faded.